Welcome to the Be Transformed podcast. I am Adam Lavecki, and I am here with DK Kim and we are your hosts. Thank you for joining us. We are in this space to help you renew your mind and transform your life. We will be having helpful, honest, and hard conversations about culture and the kingdom of God. These conversations will help you to not be conformed to this current culture and will help you to grow in Christ. Jesus commanded us to preach the gospel and make disciples. This is an ongoing digital discipleship discussion. If you find this helpful, please subscribe, review, and share the Be Transformed podcast. Episode 6, Forgiveness and Feelings. Okay, so this episode, Adam, I'm going to talk a little bit about the principle of forgiveness and... I think this is one of the most underrated, underappreciated biblical principle today. And I think it's really important because, I don't know, what do you think? I think we live in the most offended generation ever. Very sensitive, very easily offended. Yeah. And very touchy. Yeah. I mean, just case in point, you know, we have the option to just turn off people that we don't want to hear, things we don't agree to. I think we're just building a weak backbone of even just hearing other opinions, other views. Yeah. For a Christian, it's unacceptable, right? Because Jesus is wanting to cancel our debt and our sins, not cancel us. So so it, that's that's one thing. And then as an American, um, where we believe one of the core values of America is the freedom of speech. So... I'm free to say what I want so long as I don't offend you. That That's not the freedom of speech. And so the whole censorship thing that's happening within the media, social media, it's really an assault on the First Amendment. And as an American, the danger in that is if you, if you assault the First Amendment, people will feel more uh, free to use the Second Amendment because... Not saying that's right or wrong. I'm just saying that that's the reality in the culture that we're living in. And if people don't have the freedom to express themselves freely, the end of that is usually violence. Yeah. And you see that in in, in dictatorships and in socialist countries and Islamic regimes where they attack the freedom of speech, the freedom of religion. And if you say anything, like for example, in Islamic countries, they have blasphemy laws where if you say anything against... Um, the prophet Muhammad or who they believe to be the prophet Muhammad, they, they can literally stone you or, or kill you. And so, so this idea, if you run this idea all the way to the other side, it's very dangerous. And it's very important that we have the freedom to express ourselves freely without being canceled because you don't agree with us. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, I think we're just the byproduct of that is this toxic culture of we're very offended. We're very wounded. We're walking around with a lot of bitterness. And and I just want to note that, yeah, some offenses are horrible. They're real. Real pain happens. So we have that too. But I just think today the church, this, this, um, this thing called forgiveness is super important because it'll help us walk in freedom. And it will actually set us apart from the rest of the world because we have forgiveness and we walk in freedom. And I think that's going to be something we could offer the world that they don't have. I agree 100%. Yeah. So um, I just want to jump into a little bit of scripture first. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I just, I'll paraphrase. Um, you know, Jesus' main teaching on forgiveness is in Matthew 18, the parable of the merciful servant. And in Matthew 18, you know, first Peter starts out by saying, 
Lord, how many times should I forgive my brother? Is it seven times? And Jesus goes, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times seven times. And really what he's saying is always, because seven is completion. Yeah. Now, I, can I make a comment? Yeah. A biblical comment? That's a very, very fascinating number. Here's why. Because 70 times 7 is 490. 490 is the fulfillment of the 70-week prophecy that Jeremiah started and God reinterpreted for Daniel. Wow. Jesus came in the fullness of time to be the Jubilee of Jubilees to destroy our debts of sin in his body. Wow. Super intentional. So those numbers are not by accident. And so this is a very, very important biblical principle that the, this is this is central to the gospel. The forgiveness of sins and forgiving other people their sins because we've been forgiven of our sins. This is absolutely central to the gospel. This is, this is a gospel issue. Yeah. And I, I think if you could wrap up the gospel in one word, it's forgiveness. Yeah. That's really what the gospel is. That's the good news. So just to paraphrase, um, you know, this parable is about um, a servant who owed a lot of money. I think it's 10,000 bags of gold. I think, you know, there's a lot of measurements on what that means today, but I think roughly that's like 20 years of income, so to speak. Wow. Yeah. And and then he owed the, the master that and the master, he plead with the master, you know, don't, you know, please, I'll pay it back. Give me have some mercy on me. And in his kind heart, the master just canceled the debt. He said, you're forgiven of that, of that, and you don't owe me that anymore. I thought all rich people were evil. <laughs> that's, that's the narrative, right? <laughs> yeah, sorry. Um, so, yeah, so, I mean, this is a huge, huge thing that he just, he just got blessed with. You know, he doesn't have to pay anything. And then the same guy now walks outside, and he sees another guy who owes him, like, 100 bags of silver. And then he has no mercy on him, and he throws him in jail because that guy can't pay him back. And, you know, I don't, I don't think, I think 100 bags of silver was still something. It was something that, you know, you'll feel salty about if you didn't get it back. But yeah. it's really about perspective. It's like you just got let go of 20 years of debt and you won't, you won't let go, you know, like I think it's like two, three months of working. Yeah. 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 So, so, so I think Jesus is, you know, sharing this parable because he's kind of, he's saying that, hey, our sins are forgiven. Our debt is canceled. And it's really the in perspective of that from that place an unforgivable debt has been canceled so that gives us the the perspective and position to forgive others on whatever pain they may have caused us yeah and it is actually required of us because what we have freely received we should be freely giving and so uh, someone who won't forgive after they've been forgiven it's just a, it's just a token of ingratitude which is which is really honestly and not not to just bash our culture but that is part of the the uh, spirit of this time where there is a spirit of entitlement people are not grateful people who haven't been victimized feel like victims and so so this is this whole forgiveness thing is a game changer in our relationship with god in our relationship with one another in our relationship to economics even bringing it into economics in the old testament every 50 years was a jubilee year the purpose of Jubilee years was simple. So God used the Jubilee to prevent systemic poverty from becoming one generation to the next. So this, this idea of forgiveness is very powerful 
spiritually, relationally, economically, and all of those things affect our emotions. Yeah. Because our soul, our mind, our will, and emotions are where we process and experience life through. So my soul can't function well when I live in unforgiveness. Yeah. When I have bitterness. Exactly. And bitterness, that's that's where what I want to spend some time in. It's not just a feeling, but this is a deep-rooted spiritual thing that's going on that torments us. So at the end of the parable, um, Jesus says, then the master called the servant in who couldn't forgive his friend. And he said, you wicked servant, I canceled all that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have this mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? And then it says, in anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all he owed. And the jailers in this parable is not a punishment from the Lord, but it's a consequence. And I think the jailer is actually this torture of bitterness. You know, when you when you when you have unforgiving heart, when you have a bitterness, you know, they say that phrase, um, that person lives rent free in your mind. Yes. Yeah. So you're just constantly replaying the event, the person, the offense, and that's torture to you. So I think a, a, a key thing about forgiveness is it's not about the other person. It's about you. It's about your freedom. It's, it's less about the person you letting the person go, but it's about you getting yourself out of that torturous jail of yeah. bitterness. Jason Upton, the prophetic psalmist, said, we forgive so we can see again. Mm. And you're unable to see clearly uh, spiritually and in many things in life with when you live with bitterness and unforgiveness. Um, another thing with the tormentors is that this is important because unforgiveness gives the tormentors permission to torment. So whether it's your own bitterness or dark forces, the issue here is not God, but your own choice. And so you're turned over to the power of your own choice. And so that that's something important because sometimes people are bitter and they're mad at God, but it's actually their own choices that got them where they are. And when they decide to forgive, they're not letting it go. It's actually letting them go. Like one of the things that's really important is that when I speak, when I say, let's say you offended me, DK, you know, I say, I forgive DK in Jesus' name. Those words just came out of my mouth, but those words were resident within my heart. So it's kind of like when you when you take something on your laptop and you and you pull it into the trash and then you delete the trash. It's gone. And so that, that's kind of like what happens. And, and then people many times stumble over like, oh, I don't feel it. Well, forgiveness is not a feeling. Exactly. It's a reality. So you want to touch on that a little bit? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think, um, yeah, there's a lot of mis misconception of what forgiveness is, especially because it's shaped by our world and our culture. But biblically, spiritually, what it really is, is you're canceling the debt through the power of Jesus Christ. So, you know, many people say, oh, I'll forgive it when I feel like it, when I'm, you know, I'm ready, when I'm ready to love the person again, when I want to feel kinder. But it has nothing to do with your kindness, your heart, the purity of your heart. But it has everything to do with you getting off the seat of judgment and saying, Jesus, you're the rightful judge. I'm not the judge. So I release this person to you and I cancel the debt. Yes. And also, too, if you if you take it another step further in the sense of if you refuse to forgive, but then let's say you're seeking vengeance. The scripture says this, vengeance is mine, says the Lord. So now the danger in that is you're stealing what belongs to the Lord, which means you're manifesting the nature of Satan who comes to steal, kill, and destroy. So there, there's a really dangerous place that we can live in because we go from bitter um, 
to malicious, to seeking vengeance, having malice on the inside, wishing that person you know harm. Um, and so th- that's a really dangerous place to be because the only the only person it really harms is you. And this is important because when Jesus spoke about forgiveness in the Gospels, almost all the time, he's speaking not about feelings, but he's speaking about the cancellation of debt because the cancellation of debt is black and white. Yeah, We no longer have a record of this transgression, of this sin, of this literal debt. It, it is removed. Mm-hmm which was essential. That was why the temple in Jerusalem had to be destroyed because the temple in Jerusalem is where the debts of the people were. Yeah. So for the Jubilee of Jubilees to, to fully occur, what happened in Jesus's body since he's the new temple also had to happen in the temple. And yeah. it did in 70 AD. And also, you know, financially, when you cancel a debt, it's not like that debt just goes away and vanishes in thin air. Someone has to pay for it. And it's the person that's canceling the debt that's paying for it. He's taking the hit. And that is Jesus on the cross. Yeah. That's why this all balances out. That's why the balance sheet works out because Jesus is the canceller. Yeah. There's no free lunch. Jesus paid. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then, you know, um, I liked your point about the whole you're giving ground to the enemy. Um, that actually hits on a, a verse in Ephesians. Ephesians 4.27 says, In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. And do not give the devil a foothold so that foothold is actually giving ground to the enemy to demons to satan to yeah torture yeah. your soul that's a very pro- uh, profound verse for our spiritual health and for our emotional health um and it's a powerful verse in marriage uh do not go to sleep angry deal with the issue because if you go to sleep angry you wake up bitter and you go to sleep by yourself and it's like the devil's your roommate you know it's like you don't want that you you want to let let those things go talk that stuff out work it out um it's better to have a late night and lose some sleep than to to make the devil your roommate yeah and and, and other things like this like the devil comes to steal kill and destroy he doesn't ask permission people have a misconception about that like He's a, he, he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He's not going to be like, hey, DK, mind if I rob from you today? He, he's going to try to come in the window. So why in the world would I want to open my front door? Exactly. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, and you know what's interesting is um, you know, my wife and I, we, you know, past couple of years, we've been entering into doing a lot of deliverance and inner healing ministry. And there's this concept called ground where evil spirits, demonic spirits, have legal right to stay if there's some ground and the ground could be like sin you're walking in sin and yeah. darkness or yeah. unconfessed sin but there's also unforgiveness so so many people that we've you know ministered to you know they're walking right they're walking straight you know they're not sinning all their sins are confessed but they still have spiritual issues and it's crazy how many people it's the root of that is just unforgiveness yes yeah it's actually also why some people are sick in their body now if you if you take this forward to the Lord's Supper and into communion, it says that he who takes the, you know, taking basically communion in an unworthily fashion, in in other words, in an unrepentant or an unforgiving manner, you bring judgment on yourself. Mm. Paul actually wrote about premature death. I'm very like, like with people, I'm like, hey, listen, if you have a booty call later today, don't take communion on church on Sunday if you have a booty call on Monday. 
Like if you're going to walk in the fear of the Lord, not to be perfect, because if we weren't perfect, if we were perfect, we would need communion. But if you plan on sinning, if you plan on living in unforgiveness, I, I would say hold off on that communion. Judas is a picture of what happens when someone takes communion unworthily and, and uh, without reverence and without the fear of the Lord. And so I would just say to anyone, if you're struggling with unforgiveness, you have to remember one thing that forgiving them doesn't mean what they did was right and it doesn't make it okay. It just means that when they stand before God, he will not remember what they did to you. Yeah, And that's beautiful because when you stand before God, you don't want God to remember what you've done to others. Yeah, And so, you know, just a personal testimony, if I could just really brief, like, when I was a kid, you know, I grew up Christian and I, I went astray and I, I became crazy and stuff. And everything I did wasn't sin. It was iniquity because I knew better. And when I, when I got a revelation of the cross and the, and, the, and the suffering of Christ and the price that he paid for my broken down self, I was like, man, Lord, here's my prayer. I'm like, God, if anyone speaks against me, sins against me, uh, does anything against me. I just pray that when they stand before you, Lord, that you would never remember what they did because you've forgiven me. Mm. So even if my feelings don't want to live with that, I just want to live with an attitude and a posture of forgiveness, even if I'm not feeling it, because I, you have forgiven me. And I think that what people, what we often lack is a revelation of the gospel and a revelation of the blood and the crown of thorns and the nail and the cat of nine tails and the whipping and the scourging and his beard ripped out of his face and his head swollen like a blowfish and his back ripped apart and his body stretched and his heart ruptured and his bones out of place but none broken. I don't think people really see a crucified lamb slain. They they. They see a Jesus who wants to enhance their life through, through you know, life coaching instead of a crucified and risen Savior and Lord. And I think that when we begin to see the price that he paid, it's a lot easier to let stuff go. Yeah, that's exactly why in that parable, Jesus focuses on our forgiveness when he's teaching about why you should forgive. Because, yeah. Yep. Yeah. And um, yeah, I think that's that's the key thing there. It's it's not a like like your like your testimony just shared. It's a decision. Forgiveness yes. is a decision. It's an obedience. It's not a feeling. It's not willpower. It's not like mustering up all our strength to get our heart to like want to do it. But yeah. It's just a decision. And also, too, let me just say this to people: forgiveness. When mm-hmm. I forgive someone, it means I cancel their debt. It doesn't mean they have a two million dollar line of credit on a platinum business card. Exactly. And so the scripture calls me to love people, but it doesn't call me to trust people. And so I can forgive their sin or their transgression, but that doesn't mean that they have, again, a $2 million line of credit with me. Trust is built really slow. And the scripture never calls us to trust untrustworthy people. I think that's important for, for people to understand because forgiving doesn't mean it was okay. It doesn't mean... It was right. It, it, it doesn't mean you don't matter. It just means that what Jesus did matters more than how you feel. And what I found in my own life is that when I embrace what Jesus has done, it then helps me to align my feelings with my faith. And I think that a lot of people are governed by their feelings. And I think that God wants to grow you to a place where 
we are governed by our faith and our and truth in our convictions, not by our feelings or our circumstances. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's really important. You know, especially people who've dealt with some serious abuse in their lives. Yep. Um, a lot of pain, a lot of a lot of hurt, and yeah, you're called to forgive that too. But it doesn't mean you, you leave yourself open up for more abuse. You yeah. still need to live with boundaries. Yeah. And we're not in any way minimizing the pain or the trauma or abuse or neglect, which is abuse. We're just saying that Jesus died. The gospel is for the oppressed and the oppressor. Yeah, yeah. That, that's really radical. Um, when you see Jesus encounter Saul of Tarsus, you're seeing the heart of God for the oppressor. Yeah. Because God knows what's going to happen to the oppressor if he doesn't turn yeah and that's really what we want to position forgiveness as it's, it's it's a it's like a key that dropped from heaven to unlock your shackles because the devil is nasty it's like you could get you get hurt you get wounded but he doesn't stop there now he's going to shape your whole life around that offense your whole lens of how you perceive reality is going to be through those hurts and this is the way to get free from that and live a very clear clear life yeah 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 T- totally yeah, so um, I think sometimes people know, okay, so how do I forgive? You know, what's what's the step to take? And I think I always say it, it's all a re- it doesn't require a pure heart. It doesn't require you to have, like, kindness in your heart. But I think the number one ingredient to forgive others is trust. It's like, do you trust Jesus Christ? Do you trust him to be the judge? Do you trust, ju- do you trust him to be the one that makes everything right? Because when you forgive, you're putting it into his hands. Yep. So I think it's really about fixing your eyes on Jesus and giving that debt to him. And that's the key. So ultimately, forgiveness is a trust issue. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That that God is just and he will bring things into account. And um, that's important. Yeah. And I would say all of disobedience is a trust issue. Yeah. If you trust the one that you want to obey, you will not have a problem obeying that person. Let me just share just another practical, just a few quick practicals. One, let's say you hurt me, right? And I'm bitter toward you. You know, DK said that, you know, my podcast is no good or whatever. Now I'm all hurt and offended at DK. My issue doesn't just end with DK because what happens is when I have bitterness in my heart, as I begin to speak, it defiles many. Mm. It doesn't just defile the person you're mad at. And so it leaks into other areas of your life and other people pay for things they didn't do because you didn't guard your heart. So that's something really important to think about because many times there's really great people who have good intentions, right? And so now they're hurt by, let's say, DK. And now DK hurt me and now all these other people are defiled when they didn't do anything to me. And, and, and so now other people are paying for sins that they didn't commit and it's like it's really not not a good thing now just on a practical note let's say you're saying yeah you know what i hate my mom like i hate my dad or there's a lot of people believe it or not that they hate themselves they're living with they're living in a downward spiral of self-pity self-bitterness self-hatred and self-destruction where they're not at the suicide level, but they're doing things that are self-sabotaging and self-destructive. Sometimes we do things that we know we shouldn't do, and we're actually bitter toward ourselves. So I, I had this thing of self-bitterness 
which was really eating me up because I made a bad economic decision, cost me $4,000 in the beginning of starting a marriage and a ministry. And when you're starting a ministry and a marriage, $4,000 feels like $100,000, you know, it's like, and so I was upset with myself and I held this thing and it wasn't until I heard teaching on it that I'm like, man, I, wow, that's something that I have. I was living with unforgiveness toward myself because I did something stupid, but my intentions were good. And it was under the radar for a while because my wife wasn't mad at me because we did it together and we did it in agreement. It was kind of like presumption, not faith. And I learned how that works. And so we we weren't doing anything like sinful or or crazy, but we thought that, oh, you know what? We'll be able to afford this missions trip. And it it was a $4,000 hit. We, We didn't fundraise for it. And so when that got exposed, I, there was, there was breakthroughs in my, uh, in my weight, my physical weight, and also breakthroughs economically because I was like holding myself hostage. Wow. And there's many people even listening right now that they're holding themselves hostage because they're mad at decisions that they made because they know they shouldn't have made those decisions. And I want to just speak to you just a word of encouragement that forgiveness is not only for the person that hurt you, but forgiveness is also for you. So you receive the forgiveness that Jesus gave. You kind of put that into your own account because he gave it to you. It's kind of like transferring a check. You know, he, he writes his name on the check, your name on his check, and you put it into your account. And now you receive this forgiveness, and then you start to live from that. And since you have understood that he's chosen to forgive you, now you forgive yourself. And you live in freedom. That's very, very important because many times, I'll tell you how I know someone who has self-bitterness. You can identify self-bitterness in a person through their internal dialogue. Many times they speak about themselves and to themselves in ways they would never speak to others. And that that is, they have an internal dialogue that's going on that's really self-destructive and God wants you to stop that. And in the Psalms, you see the pattern of David. Bless the Lord, O my soul. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not lack. He leads me. He restores me. You have to speak the word of God to yourself and over yourself. Your own ears need to hear your own voice speak God's word and come into agreement with God. So I just wanted to kind of just throw that out there. That's good. Yeah, I mean, God is more real than our pain. God's word is more real than what we even say about ourselves. Yes. And that, that's, I think that self-talk is something we really got to pay attention to closely. Like the I am so blank. Yeah. I'm so like, yeah, those words, you're actually cursing yourself. Yes. You're putting curses on yourself and you're actually giving access, more access to the enemy in those in that kind of language too. Yeah. Now, on a practical note, let's say you're listening and you're like, wow, you know what? This makes sense to me. I want to give you a practical and simple exercise that you can do. You get out a pen, like an actual pen and an actual piece of paper, like old school, like a ballpoint pen, and you write down the names of the people who hurt you, what they did, maybe the names of the things that you've done, the name, the, 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 the description of something that you've done to yourself that was negative, right? You write all this down, and you say, I forgive these people. I forgive DK for hurting my feelings. I forgive Adam for offending me. I forget, you know, you just, you write this stuff down, and you take it, you crumble it up, you rip it up, and you throw it in the garbage can, and you cancel their debt, and you thank God, and you ask God to forgive you, and then you begin to walk in the newness of life. And if the enemy tries to remind you of that, 
because he has a habit of swimming in the sea of forgetfulness, you know? Um, it's like he vacations there. You just say, no, I, I've forgiven them. I release them and I'm forgiven. And so I'm not going to entertain these voices and this darkness. So you submit to God by believing his truth. You resist the enemy and he has to flee. Yeah, that's good. And I just want to remind you that sometimes it's a process. Sometimes the hurt is big and deep. So it's not like an overnight thing. So it's a process. So don't expect like overnight, all of a sudden, you know, your heart changes. But I guarantee you over time, you forgive and you also bless the people that hurt you. Play blessings over them. That has a spiritual effect where the yes. enemy has no ground to continue to drive that pain deeper. So when you bless people and you kind of continue that pattern, I guarantee your heart's going to change because it's not you that's changing your heart, but the Holy Spirit is molding and changing your heart and making it flesh. Yeah, that's a great idea. I'll give you an old school story short. Kenneth Copeland, when he found out that people were, let's say, talking about him or offended with him or maybe even he was hurt by them, one of the things that he used to do is write them a check and send it. Wow. Because he's saying that that unforgiveness, that bitterness, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to respond in blessing, not bitterness. Mm. You know, I, this happened to me with one of my friends years ago where he was, everyone was offended or whatever. So I wrote him a check. And uh, he was upset. He brought the check back to my house. So you know what I did when he left? I went on PayPal. I just said the, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's because awesome. I said, no, I'm not. I'm not going to let this live inside of me. Mm-hmm. And that's an interesting um, point, too, where you want to be quick to forgive. You want to respond quickly because the longer you let that bitterness take root, it's going to be deeper and deeper. And that process is going to just be yeah. extended. It, it, the yeah. more you contaminate the soil of your own heart and your life flows from there so so it's like it's gonna don't believe the lie that this one issue that you're holding isn't gonna seep into other areas of your life because the foundation of your life is cracked through unforgiveness and that pain and that shame and that stuff will seep into other areas and contaminate uh other areas so you don't want to live in that yeah So, I mean, we could get into so many things with this topic. So we're we're just kind of scratching the surface here and, you know, to wrap up. Um, But yeah, just, you know, what reminder is when you want to walk in forgiveness, just know that it's a decision and not a feeling. Yes. Forgiveness is a choice and a decision daily sometimes, but it's not a feeling. Okay. This is uh, episode six of the Be Transformed podcast. This is DK. And Adam Levecki. Thanks Thanks for for listening. Adam Levecki here. On behalf of DK Kim and I, we want to thank you for listening to the Be Transformed podcast. If you have found this helpful, please subscribe, share, and review the podcast. Thanks again for listening to Be Transformed.